And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. This is an up to the well, it's not up to the minute, but it's pretty darn close. This is this is a transfer portal edition, a state of the transfer portal that is. And I bring in the athletics prince of the portal, Max Olson, who is actually looking deep into the portal as we record this podcast. And I will warn everybody, as I say this, this stuff changes by the second. So we were recording this on Tuesday night. There's a good chance when you hear this on Wednesday morning, some stuff may have changed, but we're going to talk a little big picture, some of the stars, some of the intrigue. Max, this is wild. My, my great fear when I go to bed, Andy, beyond all the you know usual existential stuff, is I've, I've, we're doing this thing where we, we're ranking the 25 best available players in the portal. I do worry that I'm going to wake up some morning, and all 25 of them have committed somewhere. And you and have I to just, find a new 25? <laughs> a 25 new, new players? Because that's, that's how it's going. I think yesterday we probably had five guys come off that list, and you got to... You got to regroup and and find some more, and that it's it's been it's been a lot of fun to follow. Um, and you know we've I mean, we've talked about this before that the kind of having I I don't say this disparagingly because a lot of coaches do, but having free agency in some way makes the off season in this sport while frustrating, I'm sure for a lot of fans, very frustrating for coaches, I'm sure, and very of frustrating for coaches. Um, it is it is wild to keep an eye on it and yeah. to try and kind of. Um, figure out who's going where and how it's going to, uh, you know, change the season next year in, in some way, and and you know who's who's building and and who's falling. So if the the story that Max is talking about is is the top twenty five players in the transfer portal, which he is updating continuously. He 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 released it earlier this this year or this off season and has been continuously updating it. As we record this, the number one is quarterback Caleb Williams from Oklahoma. You listened last week when he went into the portal. We talked about where he might wind up. We we were thinking at this point he's going to wind up at USC. Mm -hmm. By the time this podcast gets published, he may have decided something. But wouldn't surprise us. Jackson Dart, and the reason we're, we're thinking this is because Jackson Dart, the USC quarterback, is Max's number two player in the portal. Uh, he was behind Keaton Slovis, played some this year, but now he's looking for a new home. And remember, Malachi Nelson, the quarterback recruit who decommitted from Oklahoma when Lincoln Riley left for USC and committed to USC, he's a 2023 player. So he's not the guy who would be playing quarterback for USC this year. So somebody's got to play quarterback for USC. So that's why we're thinking Caleb Williams announces he's going to fight on at some point. Yeah, we, we kind of, you know, it was kind of a, you know, if you don't like spoilers, then then you shouldn't follow this too closely because, you know, when Jaden Delora left Washington State and he's the Pac-12 Offensive Freshman of the Year, when he announced he's leaving Washington State and he quickly ended up committing to Arizona, 
that told you that Washington State and their new OC, Eric Morris, was taking Cameron Ward, and I know we'll get into him. Yep. So when Jackson Dart goes into the portal, um, had he waited a few more days, that, that then, then it probably creates a little bit more suspense about what Caleb Williams is going to do. But um, isn't that wild, Andy, when you think about th- what, what that says about this sport now? Well, uh, actually, let me uh, – so we were at the coaches' convention, yep. and somebody w- who knows a lot about the situation – Explain to me that the Caleb Williams timing when he announced he was going into the portal was not so much Caleb Williams dictated. It was more Oklahoma saying, we need you to say what you're going to do because Dylan Gabriel is going to class at UCLA right. on Monday and we he you, needs you, to know you, you can't the just spot's open. play us for the next few weeks. We got to go get a guy. Yeah, of course. And as much as Oklahoma, you know, initially you'd say they want to get Caleb Williams back and, and love Caleb Williams and, and all that. And, and certainly uh, the statements they made when that happened suggested that at the same time, they really liked their backup plan and they need to go get him because you don't, you just part of the challenge of this whole deal is you just don't know who's, who is coming into the portal and who's not. And so Oklahoma could have been sitting here empty handed for quite a while if they hadn't made their move for uh, Dylan Gabriel. But what I, you know, the, the Jackson dart thing to me, like when you take that job and you're Lincoln Riley, Andy, you'd say, okay, this kid was, the best high school quarterback in the country in 2020 um, put up monster numbers there. It'd be nice to go through a spring and see what you got there. But no, if you can get your guy, then you have to make this decision in the freaking first month on the job, because that's how, that's how these things are going. That's how these transactions are happening in the sport. Well, and what's interesting to me is with, especially with these quarterbacks, because I know we're seeing more and more people come in and play well as freshmen, but there's still a, a good group of quarterbacks who don't really hit their stride until their junior or senior year. It may be that some of these guys get caught in the wash of this stuff, yeah. have to transfer out because a new coach came in and grabbed somebody over top of them and wind up somewhere completely different and become a great quarterback for that program. Oh, yeah. The, and that's other people are really going to benefit from some of these big moves that are happening you know, with these schools that are trying to be contenders. But you're right. I mean, you look at the, the situation at Texas where Casey Thompson and Hudson Card basically had one year to prove to Sark that one of us is the guy to, to, to build this whole thing around. Uh, but when they have an op- opening with Quinn Ewers to get him back, of course they're going to do it. And, you know, if that, that means they lost Casey Thompson to Nebraska, and they probably understand that they might lose Hudson Card, who is a very promising young player, and somebody may benefit from that. But you've got to... You know, it's become like this really extreme thing where you these a lot of these top programs you you do have to bet the farm on somebody. Yeah, and and we're gonna see teams that bet wrong because yeah. here here's the thing. Okay, we know Caleb Williams is good. Like we saw Caleb Williams play. That he's maybe the safest bet of any of these folks. But Jackson Dart, in the time he got to play, which was fairly limited, mm-hmm. looked pretty darn good. Wherever he winds up. And we don't know where that is. I mean, uh, we can get into some potential destinations and some places where you're like, wait, they haven't gotten a quarterback yet, but are yeah. they going to get – because Ole Miss is one of those places. Yes. And okay, let, well, now's a good time to start talking about Cam Ward. Cam Ward was the quarterback – here is wild that we're in San Antonio talking about this, but at the University of Incarnate Word. Most people have no idea where that is. It's in San Antonio. It is an FBS program. It is a, uh, a smaller school. I think the stadium oh, holds 6,000 or something like yeah. that. I've looked that up before. It, it is, it is an on-the-rise, quickly-building kind of program. They're trying to, to make football a big thing there. And this is a guy 
who played in a single-wing offense in high school, didn't have any offers, but he's a very impressive physical specimen. And it turns out when you let him throw the ball, he's pretty darn good at it. Yeah, it's, it's funny when you say, oh, he he was in uh, you know, the, the single wing, so it didn't really get to show what he, he could do as a passer. He wasn't running for 2,000 yards. He was handing the ball off and, right. and it pitching was the back, ball yeah. in the single wing. And so um, it, he had he was one of those players that would, uh, as so often is the case in this big state, um, a lot of arm talent. You didn't see any of it on film or, or very little of it. He would go to camps, and, you know, when you go to camps, coaches kind of already have a set idea of who they want and and – there's not much you can do to kind of get them off their guy. And the only offer he had was incarnate word. Uh, he goes there when they have, um, you know, a guy that was a, a, an FCS all American there um, ahead of him. And they didn't play in, in the fall of 2020. So he got to go through kind of a, a, a whole, you know, bonus training camp basically in the fall and, and through one, you know, one fall of, of practices and scrimmages, he was able to win the job there and uh, went and had, an absolutely monster uh, spring where he was the um, you know the freshman of the year at the Jerry Rice Award winner at, at that level, and then put up huge numbers this fall. So he played. I'll give you the stats here, Andy. Nineteen games, and of course we can get into it. It's the FCS level. It's a different right. deal. It's got. I, I said FBS program. They're transitioning. So right. th- th- this was FCS that he put up the numbers. At. It's FCS. So he plays nineteen games in, in the year twenty twenty one. Throws for more than sixty nine hundred passing yards. Score seventy four total touchdowns, only Golly. only fourteen picks, and in the fresh in in the spring when he debuts, he was a, he was a freshman. Yeah. So he does all of this um, with his OC Eric Morris, who um, you know former Texas Tech guy was there with Cliff Kingsbury, right. uh, came from Lubbock, came from from working on Cliff Kingsbury. They have their own kind of spin on the air raid, and uh, this guy, um, you know, really one of the the most promising young passers in the country, and he wasn't going to go in the portal, but when Eric when their season finishes eric morris gets the oc job at washington state and all of a sudden cameron ward is saying there's only one guy in coaching who's believed in me and that's eric morris yeah. so do i need to make a change here you know what but, but that wasn't auto he, he didn't automatically say i'm going to pullman like he no he, he looked at old miss and, and for a he, while there he, it looked like he might go to old miss he went and visited liberty he went and visited old miss it looked great for old miss and and certainly with them um, losing, uh, I think, a first-round pick at, in, in Matt, Matt Corral. Corral. Yeah. It's a very enticing opportunity there. And uh, ultimately, uh, the loyalty to Eric Morris wins out, and they, they get him up for visit Washington State and, and get him committed. And, you know, they're, they're, doing, they're doing the Bailey Zappi move. They're, they're doing yeah. the Western Kentucky deal. Transplant the, the OC and the QB. And it worked. I mean, that we'll, worked. We'll Houston probably Baptist, see more of that. Yeah, Houston Baptist to Western Kentucky worked tremendously this year. And now we'll maybe say at USC too, <laughs> but um, you know, yeah, it, it really did. And and I think that you know, certainly it's still a young player. There's still going to be some, you know, Bailey Zappi, um, you know, was was more proven when it, when he went to Western Kentucky. But uh, Cameron Ward, I know from talking to him a bunch, um, he's he's not intimidated by making that move up to the FBS level. And um, you know, I think that that it's going to be that's going to be one of those teams, just like Western Kentucky was this year, that that could be a lot of fun to watch with a player that. Uh, you know, folks, most folks had not heard of Bailey Zappi a year ago, but ends up, you know, leading the nation in passing and, and being one of the more exciting guys to watch uh, every Saturday. We'll be right back after these words. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. We should do... This is a stat we need to start keeping at The Athletic. How many programs have their guy for next year? (laughs) Where where we can be reasonably confident that, that this coach thinks they have their player, their quarterback. I mean, obviously, Alabama. And, and you're talking about the level above, like, oh, had a pretty good year, like where it's right. going, that kind where, of thing. Where, where it could be, you know, maybe there's a competition in the spring, maybe somebody gets beat out. No, like, this guy has the job. So Bryce Young at Alabama, C.J. Stroud at Ohio State, uh, Spencer Rattler is coming out of the transfer portal to South Carolina, but my guess is wherever Spencer Rattler was going, mm-hmm. he was going there to start. Yeah. So you, you've got... Those, those types. What, of what do you think it is? Like twenty, twenty-five, thirty programs. I would say that's about right, which is not that many. That's we're talking about a fifth. I, I don't, we're not just talking about the extreme. Like, would you take your guy over Caleb Williams? No, no, no. Thing. We're talking about you've got a quarterback who you are reasonably confident is going to be your starter. Uh, Will Rogers at Mississippi State, for sure. example. Like yeah. he is very firmly entrenched as the starter at Mississippi State. Uh, Will Levis at, at Kentucky. Um, Tyler Van Dyke at Miami. There's yes. some, some of those deals where you've got maybe a promising guy. You feel very comfortable with who they have. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So I, that that's the part that's amazing to me because it, it does, it is very predictive, I feel like. And, and I know we're talking a lot about the quarterbacks and they're guys from every position in the portal, but the mm. quarterback position, I would say, is probably better represented and can make the bigger sudden change for a team because i think i like when we talk about nba and nfl free agency it's it's what does this make my team in terms of the pecking order right and i think with this sort of thing with the transfer portal there are going to be good like kenneth walker the third going from wake forest to michigan state made a massive difference for michigan state this year but most of the other transfers that made that big of a difference were quarterback like like bailey zappy for example yeah, it was an interesting year. You had a couple guys like Jermaine Johnson, um, who who ended up being right, all American play, defensive player. You know, Wandale did Robinson not, did not really help their 
their record that much. Correct. Yeah, yeah. you know, Wandale Robinson. There's definitely some some like good playmakers out there that you know, Kenneth Walker surprised all of us just in terms of there there are definitely some other running backs in right. last he, year's he portal did cycle. Not run like that at Wake Forest. No, and there were other guys that had a lot more hype on them, like like I'm guilty of it, Eric Gray at Oklahoma, I had number one. De- Demarcus Bowman leaving Clemson for Florida and then he winds sure. up being hurt most of spring and not really playing much in the fall. Yeah. There was there were some good running backs this year, Zach Charbonnet, Jalen Warren. Um, I'm, I'm sure I'm, you know, Ty Chandler at North Carolina, but, um, it, this is like, you, you'd say, okay, last year's portal cycle, you'd say the best quarterbacks, you'd, you'd go Bailey Zappi, Hendon Hooker, right. um, which Jack Cohen did a good job. Which were not the people like Hendon Hooker was not the transfer who won the starting job right. day one at Tennessee. That was Joe. No, I mean, go, like the guys we were talking about last year were, you know, Mackenzie Milton was intriguing. Certainly. Yeah. That wasn't necessarily a program changer, but a, a good pick. But well, this, this cycle's different. Yeah, this cycle's yeah. been different like, because there's just like when Lincoln Riley goes to USC, he doesn't say USC has a quarterback problem, but you can make a, you can create yes. a better situation by saying, I'm going to take Caleb Williams and Malachi Nelson over here. Right. And, and it's, that it has an effect. It's nice to inherit guys that were big time recruits. It's a lot nicer if you get your big time recruit that you handpicked to come with you. Sure. So I, I think you're right about that. And I think that now, does that change your outlook on us? Like, for example, if Lincoln Riley had gone there and said, you know what? I recruited Jackson Dart out of high school. I, I evaluated him out of high school. I thought he was really impressive. Sounds good. We'll 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 ride with that. And you know, Caleb Williams may pick another school, but we're good here. If Caleb Williams says I'm I'm coming to USC and he's USC starting quarterback next year, does that change how you would feel about USC in the preseason versus if Jackson Dart were still there? Well, well let's say this first of all. Um, also, there's more potential players that could be joining for sure. Yeah. Okay. As we sit here today, like I know Georgia just won a national championship. I know Bama will be more motivated than ever to to get better. As we sit here today, wouldn't you say there's a pretty decent chance that USC could sign the best class in the country next year when you take Malachi Nelson and Caleb Williams yes. working to yes, bring those, the best players, players to USC? Can. And and I know I, from talking to the folks at 24 seven, they're working on retooling yeah how they how they do this so they they're going to come out with a ranking of the best incoming newcomers but i'm talking class of 2023 you've already got malachi nelson mm-hmm. leading that group you have the allure of lincoln riley and caleb williams yeah. even if you know even if they're i'm not saying they're going to win nine ten games next no year, I, 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 but, I want people i want to know who's blocking for them i also want to know yeah who's on the other side of the ball rushing the passer that stuff matters too. And I would argue with USC, skill talent was never their problem under Clay Helton. Yeah. That yeah. wasn't that was never the issue. It was they always had a bunch of wideouts during that yeah. era. Yeah, absolutely. Which but, Oklahoma had somewhat similar issues, though they were more solid on the offensive line. It, it will be interesting. I, I I do think we're in a time right now where theoretically um, like you talk to a lot of coaches, especially at this convention, they talk about, oh man, you don't know how hard it was, what we took over, and all, all that kind of stuff. Theoretically, it's getting easier to flip the roster. And I do think that when Lincoln Riley's making these kind of big moves, I, I'm not saying USC is is suddenly going to look on paper like a top 10 kind of team or anything, but it probably does raise the expectations a little bit just in terms of how good you think they probably should be in year well, one, I, year I, two. I, I'm thinking about this. And I'm thinking about during the the coaching carousel when Lincoln Riley said he was going to USC. I remember the way I was looking at it, and, and this as Mario Cristobal was deciding whether he's going to stay at Oregon or go to Miami. I remember thinking, 
Well, Lincoln Riley has so much work ahead of him. It's going to take him two years to get USC's roster near where Oregon's roster is now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I still think Dan Lanning, of all the new coaches, inherits the best roster of any of them, as long as they keep them there. Mm -hmm. But And I think they will. But... Well, Notre Dame's not a big change, obviously. Right, and that's that's you know it's an internal hire. Yeah, sure. Um, but I was looking at it from the old perspective, from from the perspective of someone thinking about the old rules. It would take two years or so, traditionally recruiting to or and using grad transfers to get USC close to Oregon's level from a pure talent standpoint. Now, you could conceivably do it this offseason. <laughs> right, 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 and and I think that um, there's a when you look at oh Jackson Dart's a really talented player why why wouldn't you want to build around him part of that and Lincoln Riley knows that there is like a hype and momentum to this stuff where if you can get the big guy other people follow them well and and have no have we not been arguing for the last few years about if USC could get good it would be great for the Pac-12 it would be great for West Coast football in general it would be great for having that part of the country more engaged in the college football season, giving them something to be excited about sure. for the college football season. It seems like that is happening right now. Yeah, but let's leave the playoff at four. You okay, know? yeah, right, no problem. <laughs> Thank you, Jim Phillips. Yeah. Let's, let's do that. Good call, guys. Now, here's the thing, Andy. We, it, it is fun, just like with NFL free agency, it, it is kind of fun to... Yeah, what are we talking but, about? Matt like, Stafford's finally on a good team. Well, it, the quarterback stuff does kind of get the 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 brightest lights on it, but, you know, when we talk to coaches at the convention here, their concern is not really what USC or some of these programs are doing. I, I think what this cycle is... Th the thing that's scaring people a little bit about this portal cycle is you've got... And, and, and from tracking them day to day, there are so many group of five players... Very talented, very proven, decorated, you know, mm -hmm. all conference type group of five players that are moving on. And and whether it's because they've got their bonus year or whether it's because they're young players that have blown up, I, I'm just seeing so many really good group of five players going in the portal and suddenly having all these power five Options. offers yeah. going through the kind of recruitment they didn't didn't get to have out of high school. And and I know at that level, there there's a lot of frustration about it. It almost seems like if you got a really good one, it's kind of hard to hold on to them now. Yeah. And listen, I, I don't begrudge them that because they were under-recruited when they started. And we we don't know which of these guys. The, the problem is some of these guys are going to be reaches. Some of these guys are going to be misprojections. Yeah. And some of these guys are The best recruiting job in the group of five may have actually been by Jamie Chadwell at Coastal Carolina. He got Grayson McCall to stay. Yeah, this is, I think it's a unique challenge for these coaches right now. And you you look at, I mean, certainly the situation at Hawaii, we don't need to go there, but certainly they've, they've lost enough premium players that there's real concern about what's going on there. You've seen the situation at Wyoming where there's there's been a bunch of really good players leaving Wyoming, um, including both of their quarterbacks, but but the uh, they, there's the, even the skill players leaving there have... Had a receiver go to Tennessee? Going to yeah. Tennessee, yeah. The running back is, I think, the best available running back in the portal right now. I, you know, you've got some of these programs where, you know, a lot of people look at it and say, oh, they must have a, a big culture problem or a coaching problem there or whatever, but... I think part of it, and I don't think it's all tampering, but I think part of it is you've got a lot of players right now, and this has kind of always been the ethos of, of players going in the portal is 
There's a reason why we have more than a thousand scholarship players in there in there right now. Yes, some of them have been pushed out by their coaches, but a lot of them want to bet on themselves yeah. and they want to bet on the possibility that they could be happier somewhere else. Yeah, and they're as sad as it sounds, a lot of them are going to be wrong. And they're they might make the wrong decision. But listen, they're adults. They're 18, they're all above 18. They're they're allowed to get NIL money. You want to be treated like a grown-up. You're going to be treated like a grown-up, and yeah. if you make the wrong decision, then you're stuck there. And that's that's the other thing, it, especially with everybody having the extra COVID year. A lot of schools are saying, "I want the transfer guy because he's stuck with me till he graduates." Mm-hmm. Because you get the one free transfer. Now we heard today. We talked to a coach today who said it seems like the NCAA is still grant waivers, which I I was under the impression, and I would I had been told that the waiver process would be very different and it would be like yes. only very extreme circumstances would you get a waiver. That they, they're they giving out the one free transfer concession with the idea that you can only, that it's important that it's one, that you can only do one and that it's not, you use your one free transfer and then you can use your grad transfer. That the, the idea conceptually was that we're tired of handling all these waivers. We're, we're way overloaded on having to deal with waivers and, and all these claims. And so one one free transfer and that's it. It's going to be very, very difficult, a high bar to clear to get a second one. But it, it, from what we've heard right now, uh, there haven't been a ton of waivers, but it sounds like about 75% of them are getting approved. So you are seeing players right now. I, I've seen every day there's a player who, you know, he's in the portal now. Maybe he's a grad transfer now, but he's transferred before already. And so, you know, you're, you're kind of wondering what's their path going to be to, to get eligible at the next place. Well, and it's changed recruiting. I talked to a group of five head coach today who said that he had done 13 in-home visits on players on his own roster. Good idea. In the last two or three weeks. Good idea. Yep. I mean, and that's, I, I think there. it's easy to kind of have that fear-mongering about, well, everyone's coming after my players. And in some cases, it's actually true. Um, but I do think there's a, there's a larger point here, and this is probably a longer podcast, but I, I think culturally... I, some of these coaches probably I, I wrote a story a couple of years ago about how do you keep players happy yes. in this era and I talked to a lot of coaches who I would say are very enlightened by that you, you talk to the David Shaws of the world who say Dave Aranda yeah they gave a whole talk on it today yes. a keynote speech about how important it is to be honest with them from the recruiting process to the time they get there and everything and to have genuine connections with them and stuff. Some people understand in this day and age you have to really care about that and care about everyone every kid in your organization and I also talk to other coaches who say it's not my job to keep them happy. It's my job to coach a football team and try to win. You know games. who those guys are going to be? You know, we're going to call them soon. What's that? Ex coaches. And so this is, and I'm not saying that schools that lose players are, have something wrong culturally because it's just kind of happening everywhere right now. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. 
From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Players are going to leave for the reasons you just said, betting on themselves, thinking the grass is greener somewhere else, or the most traditional reason players leave, they can't get on the field. Also, a a slightly sneaky thing, I think, in all this, like if you really step back and think about it, a lot of people have been pretty miserable for the last two years. I can understand, right? We're, in their we're lives, talking generally population-wise, population-wise, everybody. Yeah, it's been I rough agree. for two years. It's been very challenging for student athletes in in all sorts of different ways. A, so, a fresh start right now exactly. doesn't sound like the worst thing. If, in the world. if yeah. you're not very happy where you're at in, in your life, you could think maybe I need to just I need to get out of here. I need to change things up. Yeah, I, I I agree with that, and that's I do wonder because the pandemic has made so everything so extreme, and the extra year has changed the math on who you recruit and how you recruit them. I do wonder if some of that comes out in the wash a little bit as the years go by, as the the guys with the extra year roll through, and and then you get a more traditional set of years. I, I do think, and, and not every school sees this the same way, but you talk to some coaches. I think a year or two you talk to coaches who say, you know what, we want to save four or five spots try and find some grad transfers to maybe fill some needs. Maybe, you know, there can be a lot of benefit to grabbing some grad transfers who bring some leadership to your team who have actual experience yeah. and stuff. And now you talk to more coaches who say, you know what, we're going to save 10 spots. Yeah. We're going to save 10 or 12 spots. And, 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 oh, we've taken eight. We're not done yet because I think there is a shift and, and it's going to be fascinating to see for some, this will really pay off for some. This may consistently pay off and for some, it may very inconsistently pay off. Correct. Um, there is a shift now and probably to the, de- you know, there's to the detriment of the high school recruit. And I, and I don't mean to generalize, yeah. but well, I, I do think there's math involved there too. I think that extra year really squeezed the high school class of the 2022 guys right. coming in. I, I think there will be a, a kind of boomerang the other way when the extra year guys all phase out and suddenly you're you're graduating very large, unusually large senior classes, mm-hmm. and find yourself facing a scholarship de- deficit if you don't take a huge class of high school students. Well, and you think about the you think about the food chain of this. Maybe what we're going to see is this th- this cycle keeps repeating, where you have a program say we're going to take ten transfers in this cycle, mm-hmm. and by the way. We're also now incentivizing that by saying you get seven extra spots if you if you're right. losing players to Which, the portal. Again, that so, that will go away too. Right. But we're point. creating extra room right now to take transfers. So we're really encouraging that. So what is that going to lead to? I think it could lead to some pretty good players, some pretty good three star guys ending up at group of five schools mm-hmm. and after a year or two saying, I should have been a power yeah. five recruit. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna go be, play well, at a power and, five and school. Here, that's the thing. I, I just watching quarterback recruiting this year, if Mac Jones had been coming out of high school in a, in a year in a class like this, he's probably only getting group of five NFCS type offers. Especially last year when yeah. you can't you can't do them in camps, you can't yeah. you can't bring them on so, visits and stuff. So it's tougher. He would yeah. have been one that would have you know gotten on the field, and the Power Five schools would have been like, "Whoa, okay, this guy's pretty darn good," and he would have been you know the toast of the town. There is one more player I want to ask you about, not a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Alabama tight end Jaleel Billingsley went into the portal on Tuesday 
And Billingsley, I feel like, is an interesting case because there's a case to be made for him to go somewhere else in college and maybe be a bigger part of the offense where because he is a you know he he is a mismatch guy uh kind of i think the the Kyle Pitts comparisons were were overdone you should not compare any human to Kyle Pitts at this point uh, yeah i wouldn't I'd, so, I'd be careful with that one but he is a very tough matchup just from a physical standpoint but was not a huge part of the Alabama offense this year so but that said, his measurables, mm-hmm. the NFL will love. He's been in school three years. Could he be sitting here going, do I transfer to another school or do I go in the draft? Yeah, so you know when you talk with coaches um, and, and personnel people and in, in putting the, the top 25 together and kind of getting their take on players, one thing they told you is, yeah, there's a crazy wave of this going on at the start of December, but they knew there'd be another wave after the bowl games. And they knew there'd be another wave after the CFP because you knew that there are players that were going right. to stay that, with that Beth. wanted to move. Yeah, there you knew they're going to be and potentially very good players that were going to stay with Georgia and Alabama till the end and then make their move. And we saw that uh, today on Tuesday where Alabama had five scholarship plays, players going to the portal. Uh, Georgia's had a couple. Well, I, I think they'll probably have more. We'll see. And and yeah, the the big one of the big names for Alabama is Julio Billingsley, who as of today. You go look at um, the great Dane Brugler's uh, positional, you know, early, very early. It's early right. in the process, obviously, but his positional rankings um, ahead of the start of this draft process, he had Jill Billingsley, despite a disappointing year in, in, in relative to expectations, as the number five tight end prospect right. for we're, this we're draft. Not, we're not talking about like a first or second round pick here, but we are talking about someone who, by virtue of their physical attributes alone, would probably be a draft pick, and I year. and I'll tell you in in tracking the portal stuff, there's not there's not tight ends out there. I mean, there's no. just this is one of the scarce positions. And even talking with coaches at the convention, they still say, if you want to go find a tight end, go to a basketball gym right now. It's Absolutely. hard to go find them on a football Absolutely. field. So he's going to have some interesting options, and I think this is a player where, um, you know, like when 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 these group of five players go in the portal. It's very exciting for them to to go through a recruiting process to get all these Power Five offers to take these official visits. That this guy's they, been recruited that, that they way weren't before. invited to yeah. take back then. Yeah. For the guys like Jaleel Billingsley, pure business decision. Yeah, not and and even in his case, when you say I, I going into the year, you felt like you, your draft stock's in good shape. Same as Spencer Rattler, same as Keaton Slovis. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're making a decision where you say I got to go somewhere where I can really get back to where I think I should be, and uh, he. I, I'm sure there's probably some agents that would call him and say, hey, it wouldn't be the worst idea. But as as Dane Brugler said, he doesn't think he's ready for it. And so that's a guy making a tough call there who, you know, here's the thing there's going to be some really good programs trying to get him. From a dollars and cents upside standpoint, if he has one monster year in college, he would be a first or second round draft pick. Potentially. The money is potentially much much greater yeah so and as we know andy there's six eight ten programs that you know throw the ball to the tight end oh yeah and and know how to get them drafted know how to get them developed so i'm sure all the the tight end u schools are probably going to be chasing him and i'm fascinated to see where he goes yeah that's going to be that's going to be a big one see it's not all quarterbacks but hopefully not all of these people have uh have picked new schools and or transferred again by the time you hear this but that's That's life in the transfer portal. Thank you, Max Olson, the prince of the portal. We'll be talking again soon. (laughs) Uh, We got to work on that. We'll come up with something. Okay.